0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to Morning prayers. Please stand as you are able to join in a responsive reading from your Black Appleton Psalter. It's actually number 154. (laughs) Apologies, 154 found on page 78. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that obtaineth understanding. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Then shalt thou walk in thy way securely, and thou shalt not dash thy foot. shall You may be seated.
1: This past Shabbat, Jews around the world read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. For review, God decides to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. According to the Jewish tradition, it's not because of their sexual uh, proclivities. In fact, according to the Jewish tradition, the true sin of midat stone, the quality of sodomy, is the failure to graciously welcome strangers. After the cities are condemned to destruction, God sends angels to save Abraham's nephew Lot and his family. A riot forms as the citizens of Sodom congregate to abuse the angels because they are foreigners. Lot, his wife, and two daughters leave the city under the cover of darkness and are warned not to turn back to witness the utter destruction behind them. Why this prohibition against turning back? What is so dangerous about reflection, nostalgia, and hesitation? Regardless, life's wife cannot resist. She looks back and is turned into a pillar of salt. To this day, there stands a bizarre rock formation by the Dead Sea, said to be her remains, with what seems to be a face looking longfully backwards over her shoulder from where she came. Many women throughout the Torah are left anonymous, including Lot's wife and daughters. The Talmudic rabbis, however, give Lot's wife a name, Edith, which means rich soil. They also give her a rich backstory. Edith was raised and born in Sodom. She lived there with her parents, her husband, and her four daughters. She had many local relatives. Her two eldest daughters had already married local men, and the two younger, youngest were still single and living at home. She turned back because she could not resist searching the crumbling landscape and cityscape for her two married daughters, consumed by the destruction of Sodom. Can you imagine it? A mother fleeing everything she knew, leaving her home, her family of origin, and worst of all, only having two of her four daughters. Of course she wasn't able to restrain herself. Of course she wasn't able to move on. The problem was that in becoming frozen, as she did, not only did she die, but in her absence, she abandoned her two living daughters, in their own grief. And in the verses that follow, those daughters attempt to fill the hole in her family system by sleeping with their father. Is this pillar of salt a warning of a life unlived or a monument to the excruciating pain of unbearable loss? Of course, the answer is both. Thankfully, most of us will never mourn the loss of a child, such loss is the epitome, epitome of suffering and something that is horribly unbearable. I want to suggest, though, that, this, uh, that Edith's pillar is not just about her personal loss, but a larger mythical paradigm representing everything that we cannot bear to move on from. There are parts of us that are so stuck in the past that we cannot turn our backs on them and move where they're unable to be metabolized they're unable to bend we're unable to move forward because it would mean abandoning those parts of ourselves and our history at the same time we can't keep living in Sodom, a place that does not exist what's so heartbreaking to me when i feel into this part these parts of myself is that I learned, and I think most of us did, these patterns, these senses of self, because they actually used to serve us. The parts of ourselves that we can't let go of are what helped us survive the bruises and abuse of childhood, the loneliness and awkwardness of adolescence, the slings and arrows of everyday life. We learned our habits, our patterns, our addictions, and our senses of selves because we found that they were the best ways to protect ourselves from something that we seemed and we feared was far worse. We humans are incredibly creative and resilient in meeting our emotional needs. The problem is that time passes, we are often still stuck in the patterns that were necessary to protect us from the world and wounds of our childhood and young adulthood and adulthood, but hold us back from becoming the full person who lives a life of integrity and vibrancy. Remember, the Talmudic rabbis called her edith, nourishing soil. They knew that salt poisons our fields and water supplies. By naming her edith of all the other possible names, they highlight to us the consequences Of her actions. She is the epitome of nourishment and potential, but she's frozen. Those frozen, salty parts of ourselves still hold so much potential for wholeness and self-actualization. What does it take to let go of those ego pillars? Prayers, community, and courage. It also requires tears, Tears are the melting of the edifices of salt, the releasing of our past, and they welcome the relief that follows. Thank you.
0: Please join me in offering the Lord's Prayer, printed on the reverse of your order of worship. and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please stand as you are able to sing hymn number 12 in your Crimson Memorial Church hymnal, The God of Abraham Praise, hymn number 12. In the words of john o'donohue may we live this day compassionate of heart clear in word gracious in awareness courageous in thought and generous in love amen, amen.